Hello, and welcome to You Should Watch This with Ed and Simon, the film podcast in which two friends explore a galaxy of neglected movie masterpieces. Each episode, one of the boys presents an overlooked film they love and tries to convince the other of its misunderstood genius. You're listening to You Should Watch This Podcast. I'm Simon Fowler, I'm with Ed Heim. I'm trying to introduce to him and to you some interesting maybe overlooked films that have great worth. Ed Heim, do you like to laugh? I love to laugh. I mean, I didn't really believe you on that. Sorry. Ed Heim, I said, do you like to laugh? Sorry, all right. Now I sound like a warm-up comedian for a sitcom. What I mean is, I'm introducing you, I hope, to a film that you all love as much as I do. The film Fletch. 1985, starring Chevy Chase. It's based on a novel by Gregory MacDonald of the same name. It's about a private investigator who gets caught up in the world of drugs in LA. And it's it's the height of the 80s, baby. Sounds amazing. It is, I, I have to say, it's one of my favourite films of all time, so I can't wait for you to watch it. Okay, bring it on. Okay, you've heard the pitch, so before Ed and Simon discuss it, now might be a good time to watch the movie if you haven't already. Links are available on youshouldwatchthis.com, or you can listen on anyway, but be warned. As well as stuff like this... You would never do that now. Yeah. get away with anything. Well, obviously our lawyers thoroughly check this before we uh, release it. There will be a ton of spoilers. you just watched a very personal film to me uh, Fletch from 1985 what did you think I wish you hadn't told me it was very personal oh, to no. you <laughs> I'm set it up now I, I enjoyed Fletch very much I'm not sure if I would ever watch this film again why not um, uh, there's something about it that just didn't quite land for me but at the same time there are moments that I really loved and there were moments when I kind of drifted out slightly so I'd be so I'd be interested to know your take I guess my love affair with it is I was really besotted with Chevy Chase I'm sure we can go into a bit more about Chevy later on but I idolized all those guys I didn't really know what Saturday Night Live was it didn't really play over here in the UK but sort of you Bill Murray's you Dan Aykroyd's you Chevy Chase Eddie Murphy all those guys I would watch all of their movies um, whenever they were coming out and this was always really high up there on my list of of best movies to watch and I remember probably I didn't understand a lot about it when I was watching it because I was quite young and it was great revisiting it for me because I was like oh there's actually a story wrapped around this with a mild twist on the end he's um, an investigative reporter he's not just someone who's dressing up and saying um, silly things and you know pretending to be all these funny characters my name is Erwin Fletcher I'm an investigative reporter for a Los Angeles paper you probably read my stuff under the byline of Jane Doe the hay is better than Irwin. The last three weeks I've been loitering around the beach trying to pass for an amiable minor league junkie. I don't nod out or drool, it's too obvious. Act like you don't give a crap and you fit right in. It's a really nice setup. The fact that he is an investigative reporter 
in with these with all the drug addicts on the beach okay i buy that and then it's like a really great great noir beginning i'd like yeah. you to, i'd like you to murder me in a week's time it's, yeah. it's really nice here's my proposition i'm all ears i want you to murder me here on thursday i'd like you to shoot me dead I think Chevy Chase is hilarious in this film. Right. I don't know if you will come along. I think there's so many lines of this that I just grew up quoting right. and probably will throughout. <laughs> um, but I, you know, if I would say it in a microcosm, it's the scene of he's, he's dressed up, he's going into the tennis club to speak to the wife of the man who he thinks has asked him to murder him so he's like this guy's asking me to kill him why is he doing that i'm gonna go speak to his wife and it's just think about the way that he's sort of swinging his tennis racket and accidentally knocks it into i love that was one that was one of the few bits where i laughed out loud i really loved that bit um but for me that's just like a very playful and silly kind of thing but that for me then just goes into other things like when he's talking to the waiter and he's like saying what would you like would you like some drinks in your while you wait i will put it on the under heels bill Yes, very good. I'll have a Bloody Mary and a steak sandwich and a steak sandwich, please. Very good. <laughs> please. I mean, I could go on and on and on, and I probably yeah. would. But I'm now conscious of the danger of what we do here. No, no, I'm not going to stamp on your dreams. I promise you. It's interesting that you mentioned that the thing about the racket hitting the car, because I really love that too. And the thing I liked about that was that it actually felt like a break from the rest of his character, because his whole persona... Is so arch and so knowing, yeah. and basically, I'm cleverer than you, fuck yeah. you. That's basically his shtick throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And that was this one thing where he was slightly out of place or slightly yeah. on the back foot, and it was like a little chink in the armour, and that suddenly I was like, oh, I like this guy. Yeah. yeah, because that is a weird sort of marriage between the idea of that he is a bit of a slob, he's an investigative reporter, he's you know he's going undercover, and he's very proud of the fact that he'll he'll go on the beach and hang out with drug addicts yet he's also a super cool very suave um kind of guy who's you know there's uh, gina davis who plays the secretary in the office has got a kind of a crush on him even I, though he's a bit of a, a bit of an idiot i felt a bit unclean watching those scenes i was like would she gina davis have a crush on chevy chase i don't know come on <laughs> chevy chase is awesome hey good to see it Oh, hey, Slouch, how are you? Good to see you. Larry? Yo. Can I steal you for a minute? I'll make you promise not to return. It's a deal. Magic today, huh? Yeah, Kareem's in the wash. I need a favour. Shoot. His persona works best when he's punching up. Like, those scenes are kind of... more. It's more fun watching him be, like, arch and flippant and taking the piss out of the the rich guy, the authority figure. Yeah. That's more compelling, but but he treats everyone the same way. He treats... Like his boss, the same way he treats Gina Davis, the same way he treats like the woman that runs the motel or whatever. You know, yeah. it's like everyone gets the same treatment. But it's, but yeah. it's, it's obviously much more compelling when he's sort of sticking it to the man. No, I'm sorry. Who are you again? I'm Frida's boss. Who's Frida? My secretary. One bit that gave me pause was his basketball was dream. Effort, but uh, you know, I had a lot of help, and uh, we're just glad to be here. Hey, how about Fletch? Well, well, what can I say about Fletch? He's been fantastic. He boxes out for us, gets the tough rebounds, does the tough things that we need to win. It's it's great working with him. I, I don't know where we'd be without him. It's not blackface. They don't they don't fully commit to that or say that's what they're doing. But they do make a point. He's like he's got an afro, 
and they say he's from Harlem. Let's take a look at the play. He is actually 6'5 with the Afro 6'9. Pretty good dribbler. Comes in deep. His club is behind by one point at this stage. Fletch comes in, puts the ball through the lights. What a great play. And he puts it up and in. And the Lakers have the lead. And and I guess they thought they were getting themselves out of jail by having Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the scene. I did sort of think... You would never do that it's now. The 80s. Yeah. You can get away with anything. You can have a, you know, a cocaine adult, bald leading man who is totally you know, non-deserving of any woman he's romantic, romantically lived with. He can be the only person delivering all of the funny lines and it can be my favourite film of all time. <laughs> okay, so it's kind of funny like how if you're watching something, your dreams can sort of merge with the stimuli you've got around yeah. you. They get that really nicely. Yeah. It just felt like the joke was... Chevy Chase is black. It was, isn't it funny? It, and it is crowbarred into the film. It, it makes no sense. Exactly. I think we can blame Chase for that scene. Yeah, yeah. I bet he said, he I want this. That, you know what? He was <laughs> bent over a desk, racking him up, thinking, I know what will make this film better. By the nature of what we, we are trying to do here which is suggest and recommend films mm. to each other or to other people who might be interested in seeing this. And when I came up with that first list of films, this was was pretty high up there mm. because I just thought, what are the films that I love? And this is a film that I love. And I had a bit of apprehension about re-watching it because I was like, what is, am I not just going to enjoy this anymore? Yeah. Or am I only going to enjoy the little fragments of it that I remember that I only like because I've just, you know, repetition of so many years of just phone calls with my brother uh-huh. when I say, is that Dr. Rosenpenis? <laughs> or something like that. Um, which is another character that Chevy Chase uh, plays in this film. And may I help you, Dr. Uh, uh... Oh, it's me, Dr. Rosenpenis. I'm just here to check Dr. out Dan Wick's file. Dr. Rosen, Rosen, I'm here to get to the records room. It's Dr. Rosen. I, I, uh, I want to check Dr. the records room. Dr. Rosen, wait, where's the record room? Uh, uh, next to pathology. I, uh, I really enjoyed lots of it. A lot of the time I was watching it going, and I was imagining what would Bill Murray be like in this role. I, there's a slight thing of, uh, I just can't quite get on board with Chevy. But beyond that, the plot is actually pretty good for a comedy. Like, it's, like, it's quite a clear investigation he goes on it's not Raymond Chandler but it's like but it's still you know quite complex and keeps you guessing and you're sort of on the trail with him it's, it's exciting in case you haven't guessed yet there's been a lot of drug traffic on the beach and I'm not talking about Robitussin and no-dose I'm talking about the hard stuff and a lot of it I've been trying to find out who's behind it it hasn't been easy I don't shower much It seemed like a more innocent time when those films got made of like, it's just, it's actually quite simple. It's just like, it's a vehicle. It's like a total star vehicle for Chevy Chase. Exactly. And you think about any of these films, like I was saying, or even Bill Murray in this period, and you watch any of those uh, films made during the 80s, you think about Caddyshack. Mm. These films, you know, this is maybe a slight difference because it had actually a bit of a plot. It was based on a novel by someone who who wrote thrillers about this investigative reporter. And but, but they, but is the novelist based on? Was that a comedy, or did they just retool it as a comedy for Chevy Chase? Um, it was it was retooled to be a bit more in Chevy Chase's persona. The, the line, if, if you Google what the reviews are of this film at the time, the New York Times says in the same way as they used to say on John Wayne posters, John Wayne is such and such. You know, Chevy Chase is Fletch. 
because he's basically just doing an extension of this persona that was him right. and was him that had become known on Saturday Night Live right. playing this sort of wise cracking and smart Alec kind right. of character okay. we said it, it's, a, it's got a good plot and a good thing with following but you know watch Caddyshack which is another film with Chevy Chasen and uh, Bill Murray and that is essentially absolute bullshit film I don't know if you've seen that but like, <laughs> I have seen yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember it too. I mean there's a there's a chocolate bar and swimming pool. Exactly. Well, th- this is an entire film that they thought, well, we'll just base it on the caddies and then we'll have famous actors and comedians right. play the comic relief now and again. And then they realised, oh, what are we doing? Why don't we just cut out the entire plot of this film and just have funny scenes yeah. of Bill Murray pretending to be um, this extremely crazy <laughs> groundskeeper and things like this. But I do think it's worth talking a bit about Chevy Chase because I think you curled your lip up a bit. Now, how long have you had these pains, Mr. Barber? No, that's Babar. Two Bs? One B. B-A-B-A-R. That's two. Yeah, but not right next to each other. I thought that's what you meant. I never had an in with him. He was like a megastar in America in the 80s, wasn't he? Yeah. That all came out of Saturday Night Live, which I never saw. He also seems to exist slightly in a bubble. I mean, he didn't really make films with any other guys in that scene but you sort of get you get Dan Aykroyd making movies with Eddie Murphy yeah. you get Bill Murray making movies with Dan Aykroyd you know what I mean that, all those other sort of guys of that era seem to sort of cross pollinate a little bit yeah. and and Chevy Chase just seems to pop up in his own films like National Lampoons and yeah. what have you I mean I think that's what he's well known for he did do a couple of films um, but I think also he had a pretty sizable cocaine habit Allegedly. Right. Well, I mean, he, I'm sure he's confirmed it. I'm just... <laughs> obviously, our lawyers thoroughly check this before we uh, release it. But he did go off the rails. And for me, when you see how much lauded Bill Murray is now and he's able to do these dramatic yeah. um, acting things and people really look at, you know, the time in Saturday Night Live, he was definitely second fiddle. He wasn't one of the main players. Chevy Chase was the big star he left Saturday Night Live to do these films and so he did some films with Goldie Horn. He did a number of comedies, but he he did kind of burn himself out. Which I think is a you know, a big shame because when he was at his peak, I really think he was you know, he was just the funniest thing going. Drop your shorts and bend over, Mr. Babar. Oh no, really, uh, we we don't need to. I've uh we don't want to do that. Say, you know, my kidneys feel a lot better in this position. Maybe it's just that I'm not doing any calisthenics. You know, if I did some sit-ups in the morning or bent over like this, I'd probably feel 100%. Moon River. Thank you, Doc. You ever serve time? Breathe easy. Breathe easy. Uh, You using the whole fist, Doc? Just relax. If you go back and revisit those old Saturday Night Lives, you realise that these are just really boring, long shows with these really long, drawn-out sketches which don't really go anywhere. But he was a kind of goofy, funny, slapsticky kind of comedian that I just really took to. I guess it was, you know, this period I read, I was really into, you know, like John Belushi, who was another one of these big actors. And there's a lot about Chevy Chase anyway in in the Bob Woodward book Wired about the life of John Belushi. In a way, I am, you know, as a child of the 80s, growing up then, very much drawn to the 80s. And I find it kind of hilarious when you think about 
to quote LCD sound system, the sort of the fake nostalgia for the unremembered 80s now yeah. when you have just everything from Southland Tales, which is littered with references to, you know, sort of 80s movies or the episode of Black Mirror where they, they go back in Sound time. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they can go back and see all these things. And, and right back to where I think it sort of started, the nostalgia was this, the wedding singer. Yeah. Which was... I well, think, that, that was when people realised, oh, it's long ago enough for us to yeah. be nostalgic for it. And now, I mean, and it's reached its massive peak now with Stranger Things. But I have a sort of weird relationship with it because, especially with something like Stranger Things, there's not that many '80s movies I really love, and uh, but I still, but I still find myself getting nostalgic for it because it's like there's just something really basic about having those notes played, and you go, "Oh yeah, I recognise this. Yeah, this it's it's like the '80s," and you sort of you somehow are more receptive to it, even if you didn't like what they're what they're pastiching the first time round. And it's all being watched and loved by kids who have no knowledge of the 80s or, you know, experiencing it second or third hand, yeah. which is kind of interesting. But for me, this this film, you know, from start to finish is like the epitome. You just have to hear the, the sort of the soundtrack. I'm going to spring this on you, but I uh, I was amazed by that song. Uh, I went I went and found out the lyrics online. <laughs> wow, this is research. <laughs> because it does something which no one does now, which actually used to happen a bit in the 80s. Let's have a look. Have you heard the news making all the headlines, zooming via satellites? I guess that was a time when satellites were like really interesting. Have you heard the news coming through the grapevine? Fletch is working overtime. So a song in the film. Actually, I, I had no idea. Commenting about the character in the film. Okay. And in the thinnest way possible, referencing <laughs> that he's a journalist and the character's Yeah, and he he works with he works with satellites. He's working through the night. There's a newspaper coming out. The the only other thing I can think of off the top of my head that does that is the Bobby Brown tune on Ghostbusters 2. He has a whole verse. He's got a rap where he describes like the beginning of that film. No one does that anymore. No one does that anymore. So Harold Faltermeyer, the guy who who wrote this and a number of big, big 80s soundtracks. So he was he worked on the Top Gun. 
he is responsible for Crazy Frog because he wrote Axel F, which oh really? Yeah, like the Beverly Hills Cop. D- yeah, exactly. That's Ax- a tune. That's yeah. a tune. I mean, if you played one song after the other, he would, there's <laughs> some massive similarities. And then he went on to produce a Pet Shop Boys album. Well, so the film Fletch. One of the biggest fans is Kevin Smith, the director who did Clerks and Morats and some other newer, less successful films. <laughs> um, he was a huge fan of Gregory MacDonald, who was the writer who wrote the books, the Fletch series. He was a big fan, and he tried, you know, extremely hard to reboot Fletch for, you know, in the 2000s. At one point, he wanted Ben Affleck, and he wanted Jason Lee. I can't see Ben Affleck making this work. Jason Lee, I think, would be great, yeah. but Ben Affleck... I think he was, you know, he was just trying to get it made and he was like, right. Who, which of my sure. very famous friends will say they'll appear in one of my films out of yeah. pity? And, hey, and, and, well, let's not take pot shots at Kevin Smith. I mean, Clerks is a fantastic movie. Oh, of course. Yeah, I, I mean, but that's another one where I just feel like he's kind of drifted away out of relevance. Is that fair? I, I, I didn't watch Yoga Hoses. I saw the trailer. Did you see it? I haven't watched anything in a long, long if it doesn't have Jay and Silent Bob in it, I'm, I'm not really interested. Maybe it does. Cop Out, which was one of the newer Kevin Smith films starring right. Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan. And Bruce Willis. The theme song was written by Harold Faltermeyer, so he brought it all the way wow. back. Wow. Because he loved the, the Fletch soundtrack um, and, and did it for one of his newer films. And it sounds very weird to hear a modern film. It, made, it, it did make me wonder, like, what are the th- what are the tropes now that people are going to look back and go, that was that was such a 2017 thing yeah. to have in a film, because no one they just thought that was that's fine, that was great. They didn't recognise it as a as like a an anomaly. There's a really interesting album by um, this guy called Doveman who took the entire soundtrack to the film Footloose, right? And um, because that's a very synth heavy, very, you know, it sounds, it could only sound like it's come from the 80s or probably the, the, the period of time we're in now where it's perfectly acceptable to record something using yeah. all of those methods. Um, and he re-recorded all the songs acoustically to just show that the actual songwriting was really, really excellent. Oh, right. Okay. Um, and just played these songs where you, you kind of go, oh, I, I recognise this. Right. John Lewis had people with right oh, over yeah. that, I bet. Yeah. Get some sort of breathy, twee English vocal over the top. They could sell a lot of beds with that. Yeah, exactly how it works. <laughs> well, that's, you know, why shouldn't they be using our childhood to market things to us? Right. That's how, I mean, that's how the world works, isn't it? That's true. That's just the way in whether we like it or not. I was really impressed by some of the actors that pop up in this. Yeah. M. Emmett Walsh. Yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar pops yeah. up. Um, uh, bizarrely, I'm not sure what his name is, but one of the mechanics that works on the plane, like the slightly dumber mechanic yeah. who works on the plane... It's well used. He's back and forth to Utah every weekend. Oh, is that right? What is he, a Mormon? 
<laughs> I don't think he's doing a whole lot of singing with the Tabernacle Choir. <laughs> These executives, they live hard. You know what I mean? Oh, I sure do. He's one of the idiot hicks in uh, Blazing Saddles. He's like the dumbest, worst, most racist cowboy in the whole thing, if I remember correctly. Yeah. You've got um, Gina Davis, who we mentioned as well. Yeah. Uh, George Went from um, Oh, is he the guy Cheers? from Cheers? Yeah. yeah. I got good proof it's the chief. Gonna bust the chief? Gonna bust the chief. I'm gonna slave that son of a bitch. He busted me, third offense. Give me my choice. Push for him or do 15 long. Now, all I get out of this is free junk. You don't have a piece of the action? No, free junk. That's it. So, so amiable. You just yeah, wanna, yeah. I didn't but buy him met... as a drug dealer, though. He just, yeah. He's just too nice. Fat Sam's. He's selling drugs out of his hamburger stands. But, yeah, no, there's there, there are a number of good actors who pop up on the way. I'm surprised to see you. What are you doing here? Uh, I ordered some lunch. You ordered it here? Well, I knew this is where my mouth would be. <laughs> the relationship between him and the and the guy's wife didn't quite take off for me. I didn't quite get the whatever the thing yeah. I was supposed to be feeling. I mean, I can't re recall her being in anything else that no. I've ever seen. But I thought she, she was actually quite good. Like yeah. it's, it's it's funny and sweet when she's playing tennis and like yeah. not being good at it. And also, she seems in a, a, a sort of an archetypal eighties starlet. Where I don't know, it's just something about her look, or I don't know if that's just the way that she's dressed. But it is so distinctive and you know evocative of of that time only. Yeah. Maybe that's just because I'm only thinking of things in relation to the time yeah. in which they're happening. <laughs> but I, I guess this is the danger and the danger that I'm feeling in that when you come to recommend something, the, the dangers are. If something is has had such an impersonal effect on you, you can't necessarily ex expect and, that backstory yeah. to come across well, to it's, someone. It's a personal. Yeah. It's like a personal reaction, isn't it? Yeah. So, like, and you sort of like a film you really love. You love like a member of your family, and it, it doesn't really matter if it's any good. You just love it because yeah. you've watched it so many times. Exactly. Maybe it's worth talking about just the plot. Like yeah. the, the sort of the story here, yeah. they get into it very quickly. Maybe it didn't feel this way when it first came out, but I was like, I feel like I've seen every scene in this film before yeah. in a different film, yeah. just not quite played for laughs in the same way. Like even the newspaper he worked in, I was like, okay, I've seen this. Yeah, like the guy, it's like yeah, yeah. it's like parallax. He view. walks into it's the like, office like, hey Fletch, what's yeah. the score in the Lakers game tonight? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was sort of yeah, weirdly comforting. Something that really reminded me of was the the scenes in the guy. He goes up to Fletch because he thinks he's a heroin addict on yeah. the beach. I want you to come to my house and then we'll talk. You got the wrong gal, though. I'll give you a thousand dollars cash. What? So that guy is the supplier to all the drugs in LA. Yeah. And he goes to the beach where his drugs are sold mm -hmm. in order to find a junkie yeah. who will be willing to kill him. Yeah. Right. Good, just checking. Yeah, and when you know he finds one of the junkies who is Fletch, who he doesn't know is working as an undercover reporter yeah. to do a story about drugs on the beach, um, finds him, takes him back to his massive mansion of a house. Yeah, um, and something about those scenes really reminded me of like Murder She Wrote, 
Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. It's just sort of like because this very... he was so evil. Yeah. He was he, he was, was a rich, like... evil bastard. Yeah. And there's something that I really enjoyed about those scenes is that Fletch is being totally ridiculous. Yeah. And he is like delivering these very straight lines of like, do you own gloves, Mr. Fletcher? <laughs> No, I, I, I lease them with an option to buy. I guess that is the kind of thing because it is a vehicle for Chevy Chase but, because no one else has any funny lines but, throughout the entire film. Do they not? The, the lawyer has a few. Yeah, good, yeah. yeah I really, I really love the scene with the lawyer. Refusal to pay alimony is a jailable offence, Fletch. What about trespassing and loitering? I am neither loitering nor trespassing. I have simply chosen an advisable location to await my client's delinquent husband. He usually plays the lawyer. Yeah. I think he's in A Serious Man, the Coen Brothers movie yeah. as well. Oh, what's good for you? Well, I'm about to close up shop and go out for the evening. How about first thing in the morning? First thing in the morning. Tomorrow. Bye. That guy, yes. The guy, the, the real estate agent in Utah... He's the guy that designs the eyes on the replicants in um, Blade Runner. Oh. He's like the weird man-child. It's really weird watching a guy that you're used to seeing in this like really creepy, weird context of like, oh, you're all oh, right. You, nice. you just sell you sell houses in Utah. I can I can kind of buy that. <laughs> In terms of how the plot moves on, it reminded me of stuff like The Parallax View, Raymond Chandler already mentioned a few other films. I guess it's mining that tradition, that L.A. detective investigation just played for laughs in a way. It's like, it's like, there's a, it's like a weird cousin of The Big Lebowski, this film, of um, the, a wisecracking guy just sort of sucked into a, like a... Well, it's just it's just not quite as baffling and as weird as and and as sort of crazy and psychedelic as, as the Big Lebowski. Yeah. So the director uh, Michael Ritchie um, was probably at his, you know his peak of making these kind of. What else did he make? So he made Wildcats. Have you seen it? It's the where Goldie Horn plays the coach yeah. of an American football team. I think Wesley Snipes is in that. Yes. He did a Downhill Racer, which is. Robert Redford film about skiing. Right. He just did a lot of films during the sort of 1980s when he was at his peak. But I believe one of the reasons why he was hired for this film is because um, during this time, Chevy Chase's cocaine habit was quite something and he was known to be able to keep him in check right. or at least keep him on set okay. um, for these periods. So there was definitely a, a backstory. Um, Making the film with such an obvious anti-drug message and quite a sort of heavy-handed one whilst being off your nut on cocaine it just yeah. seems slightly... I mean, it makes more sense, actually. It definitely um, makes more sense. The sort of slightly cartoony drug pusher baddie <laughs> yeah. if, uh, if, if you've got something to hide yourself. Yeah. One other weird thing is that a lot of what Chevy Chase does throughout the film is dress up as different people yeah. and different... And, and the, the, you, even you... <laughs> miserly with your laughs Ed Heim have to admit that some of them were quite good yeah. Okay, of all the people who is your favourite the, the favourite prop in the whole thing was the there's the bandage on his nose when he went to pretended to be from the aviation authority I did love that you would have thought the vice president knew I was opening the door but the secret service they whack this is blood <laughs> Washington and that character also has the best name. Oh, thank you and good day. Oh, by the way, 
What kind of a name is Poon? Comanche Indian. I realised it had been ripped off a bit in um, Pineapple Express. Yeah. The, um, because the whole opening sequence of that that's really fun and quick and fast paced but it's just him putting on a series of costumes in order to infiltrate people and yeah. serve them with uh, proceedings and the final um, person he dresses up as is like a bald Roller skating. Oh, oh, he's amazing. He's brilliant. And what I enjoyed most about this is having watched the whole film where Chevy Chase's hairstyle is designed to cover up his bald spot yes. itself. And then they just go and then, but then they pretend that he has to wear a bald wig yeah, in order yeah. to be bald. Yeah. And there's a scene after that where he's walking, carrying like a bald yeah. thing, saying like, oh, look, this is what I was wearing. Yeah. Pretend I was bald because I'm not really bald. Chevy, you're bald. It's fine. It's fine. Cocaine does terrible things to the ego. <laughs> I'm not making this movie unless I, you know, in the scene following this, I am carrying a prosthetic bald uh, mask. That was my favourite one. That that character. And also, like, yeah, his movement. Like, he does a sort of prayer on roller skates or something <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was really great. Yeah. One thing I would definitely recommend is that you don't watch Fletch Lives. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, because uh, this was... In the days where a a sequel to a movie gets greenlit, even if there's a writer's strike on, <laughs> so they essentially had about two weeks, I believe, before starting filming when the the strike was called off, and they could get the writers back in to try and pull a plot together. And it's kind of quasi racist. Um, it's set in the deep south. He was America's greatest investigative reporter. And now, Ooh. he's back. <laughs> Any mail for me? Chevy Chase. Fletch lives. Okay. Ed Hart. Yeah. Double so, bills. Double bills. Woof. Because you said that he didn't do films with Dan Aykroyd, I would suggest the film that you'll probably also hate called Spies Like Us. I don't think I've seen that. 1985, Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase play national... It's all linking together. They play people in the NSA in America who suddenly become involved in a nuclear plot with Russia... They're spy. They become spies. They travel through Afghanistan into Russia, and then accidentally kick off a nuclear war, okay. um, which is very interesting. But it, it's a comedy. Yeah, I didn't realize he made that film with That's with Dan Aykroyd. If I was going to do on this a Chevy Chase double bill, I would definitely stick it with Christmas Vacation. That's the one of his I like the most. But if it had to sit with something else, I reckon this would go. It would go well with Cutter's Way. It would go well with The Big Lebowski. Yeah, I think The Big Lebowski is a great call. As I'm thinking about it now, and what, I, what I'm, I'm thinking about it more is what's attracted me to Chevy Chase, and especially as an actor in this film, from what I've heard, he's a terrible human being, <laughs> especially after his appearances on Community and everything like that. He sounds like not a great guy. But I remember watching all these films in the 80s and thinking, that's a really funny scene, and that's a really funny scene, and this film is not very good. 
and I felt like he was like a cult hero of a football team in that someone that I found his bits really funny and the rest being dross this isn't the best film in the world but I really really like and really find funny a lot of these scenes and I always think if only at the time of him being at the height of his power could he have been in the right film to have really brought that out it's almost like the the love I have for the film is the love for what it could have been not just what it is you don't have to make excuses man you just love the film I love Fletch (laughs) and yeah to hell with you (laughs) thank you for listening You Should Watch This is hosted by Ed Heim and Simon Fowler produced by David Craigie Ed Heim and Simon Fowler it's edited by David Craigie who also creates the theme music I'm Kerry Hall and I play the voice of a much needed woman Be sure to rate and subscribe to You Should Watch This wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter on at WatchThisPod or find out more on YouShouldWatchThis.com. On the next episode of You Should Watch This with Ed and Simon. I just felt like I'd been here before and that this was a somewhat inferior version of a Wes Anderson film. Whoa. (laughs) How could someone be likeable if they are a confidence trickster? We're going to show you something that is a complete artifice, that is a total confection, and you are going to like it anyway. Sorry, I'm getting angry even talking about it. I've, I've been ejected from parties for exactly this, so I'm going to put the microphone down. <laughs>